Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast, where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity, and drive your career and life forward. My guest today, Mark Seiden, is the CEO of Cloudwater Brands, an all-natural, great-tasting CBD beverage. He's a seasoned marketing leader and former co-founder CEO of Onboard Informatics, a self-funded real estate tech company that pioneered the dissemination of online real estate data to companies like Zillow, Trulia, and Chase Bank, to name a few. And his resume includes being a key advisor to successful companies like Clot, Nabewise and Scout Ventures. This guy knows what he's doing. And he also does some great philanthropy work with Torch A. That's a nonprofit organization that works with underserved New York City high school students by exposing them to a career path training via internships. Super important. And he's also a founder coach of Hockey in Harlem. That's pretty cool. A nonprofit organization based in New York that works with inner city kids to promote education and work ethic through hockey. We're going to talk about all that and a whole lot more. We're going to talk about CBD, his career story. So let's dig in. Mark Seiden, welcome to the podcast, my man. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, quite an intro there. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, I, I like to hype people up. You know, I like to give it all. Um, so we're certainly going to talk about cloud water. I want to talk about CBD and all that good stuff. But, you know, as I mentioned in, the, in, in our chat before, you know, this show is about showcasing career journeys and, you know, seasoned leaders like yourself. I'd love if you could just share with my tribe a little bit of your career story, you know, how you got from where you were to where you are today. Yeah, sure. I appreciate the question. Uh, look, I, you know, I was born into a duality of parents, analytical and creative. My father was an entrepreneur. He quit Columbia Law School to start a business. And I saw that early on. I got the bug. And I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, went to work for a law firm. They told me to get out. They said, you're trapped in this body in a law firm you know, go do your own thing. And I took that advice and I started businesses in my twenties and, you know, the mistakes I made, we don't have long enough on this show to talk about it, but you know, my, we can make it a three-parter. <laughs> I like to say my failures are my tuition to success. And through a series of that and learning, um, you know, I started to get it a little and, uh, you know, I started a VC company that invested into a data company, that data company became the company I restarted after it failed as onboard informatics and ran that for 15 years with a great partner managed the financial crisis and we sold it we were very lucky and um, you know then this kind of fell into my lap it was an opportunity you know it knocks on the door doesn't know that you're trying to take a break from 16 years of grinding and you know I'm back back to the grind before I knew it <laughs> Yeah, I love it. And, you, and you, you know, you you mentioned it, right? You talk about putting yourself in the right place for things to fall into your lap. And it's one of those, you know, people kind of always toss around, you know, their definition of success, right? It's opportunity plus luck and everything. But what do you mean, like, you know, putting yourself in the right place for fall things into your lap? I love your perspective on this. Yeah, I mean, I define success as living on your own terms, right? It's not a monetary or, you know, um, superficial thing. It's nice to have comfort and I'm blessed to have some of that. Um, but you know, uh, as a poker player, I always say I'd rather be lucky than good. When somebody says nice hand, well, you know, I, maybe I played it right, but I was lucky enough to get the cards. Right. I think, you know, you position yourself in life uh, and be ready for opportunities because a lot of us walk with our heads down metaphorically and, <laughs> and in reality now. 
and that great opportunity can pass you by and you know you have to be ready for it and i just happened to be in that place and ready to accept an opportunity that fell in my lap and even though i knew nothing about beverage and we'll talk about that i did know about starting a company in a basement and you know operating through extreme adversity with no money and i was broke personally too and all those things made me tougher it was hard but Absolutely. it made, made me ready to accept other opportunities and i'm humbled and grateful that the opportunity came you know into my lap because i did not sit at home saying oh i have this great idea somebody approached me but with the confidence that perhaps i can help them build this idea and you know so like i said i was very lucky to be in that position I love it, man. So let's talk about Cloudwater for a moment as I, you know, showcase it. And thank you so much. I, you know, I got a four pack sampler of these um, in advance and I, my wife and I, I, I have a pretty regimented CBD um, program for myself. I, I've been consuming CBD for about three years for anxiety. Um, it helps me sleep. So I use a combination. I found a, a company up in Vermont that makes a honey. It's a CBD infused honey. And it's just, the quality of it. The, I, I mix it with chamomile tea at night. I do that about four nights a week. And it's just, a, I call it a smooth landing, yeah. right? And there's a lot of misconceptions. And CBD works in, in different ways too. And it's like anything else, like something affects somebody else differently. And it's also about the quality of it, the concentration, how you're consuming it, and how it's absorbed into the system, how you ingest it and all that stuff too. Um, so before we talk about cloud water for a minute, I want to just quickly talk about you know CBD um, there's a lot of misconceptions in the marketplace about what it is and what it does but you know in in your professional you know viewpoint why is CBD so good well and, and I appreciate you know kind of that that segue I think the most operative thing that you said is what everybody should do I mean I can't get on here and pound my chest or say CBD CBD you have to you have to um, really experience it for yourself and the frequency, the dosage, you know, when it's good for you, when it might not be good for you, not health-wise, but, um, the, you know, the first thing I did, uh, because I knew something about CBD, I went out and I got an online certification, and, you know, coming from the data world, it was important for me to understand the science. I'm no expert, but I did, was mesmerized by the efficacy of what CBD does in multiple ways. And it really starts with uh, your inner body chemistry, right? And you have uh, actually natural um, uh, CBD receptor cells that metabolize CBD. And it creates, among other things, homeostasis or balance in your central nervous system. And I think some of the misconception is, oh, it's going to chill me out or, oh, it's going to get me high. And that's understandable. Starting with, you know, the CBD isolate that we put in cloud, it has 0.0%. .0 THC. So there's, there's no THC in it. Psychoactivity. It's not right. the legal levels are 0.3%, right. but there is 0% in our, in our drink. So is it, is it a full spectrum? No, it is. A, it's an isolate. Okay. So it's, we purposely did that because, you know, we know that the market's going to grow and expand and demand more, but from an educational purpose, it's hard enough to bifurcate that from, from, you know, cannabis, right. And explain, right. imagine, I, when I first started, I handed somebody a drink. They're like, no, I can't do that. And I'm I like, well, that's too high. Sound weed. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't have, you know, they didn't have the education. Thankfully, CBD has become a star, right? And so many people are now more educated, which we love. Um, in terms of what it does to you, you know, we make no claims as a company, Adam, but, you know, I mean, so many people are writing in right now and thanking us and, and the world of CBD. It's not just cloud you know, that they're taking it in this extreme world of fear and anxiety, kids and craziness, and it is helping them find their homeostasis. And that's what it does. Like, 
you know, we're all revving at 4,000 RPM, especially it just brings you down to idle. And when you're idle, you could take a nap, you can work out and you go to a meeting, right? So it's not going to put you to sleep, but I call it calm energy. The smooth landing is an excellent, you know, representation of it. And then in terms of dosage, uh, I'm sorry, but you know, it's, it's like telling people how many cups of coffee they should drink. You have to exper- you know, ex- experiment with it. Right. It affects everyone differently, caffeine. Through, you know, through tinctures. Um, you know, obviously, there's a plethora of it on the market today. Yeah, and it, and it also comes down to quality, too. I mean, I, I went through my own test and learning process. You know, I went through, uh, you know, a CBD pen, which I didn't like because, I, I, you know, I stopped smoking, you know, things. I don't like that for my lungs, too. And then I tried the honey, which was a game changer for me. And we talk a lot about CBD too and, and, and the time of day. For me, I know when I take it at night, it's going to bring me to a level where I'm going to just relax my mind a little bit and not with the same things as THC. I'm not getting high. I'm not, you know, having any of those um, thoughts, but it's just bringing my body down. So, you know, my wife and I, we're, we're certainly big fans of it and I've tried oils and everything and everything affects me a little bit differently, but this product, you know, and here's a quick endorsement here. Not only does the CBD uh, work for us and it doesn't work the same for everybody, but these are absolutely delicious. So let's talk a little, del- I mean that, I mean, if you're putting a beverage out there, first and foremost, this thing's got to taste good, right? Cause yeah. otherwise no one's going to drink it at all like that. That's first and foremost. So let's, you know, dig into the, the cloud water story. You know, how'd you get from, you know, somebody, you know, having this first conversation with you to me holding up this bottle on this podcast right now. Uh, you know, <laughs> I still pinch myself cause I can't believe it myself. And that cool sweatshirt you're wearing. Thank you very much. Um, uh, so when I was approached by Barry Kelman, my, uh, my co-founder, he had been in LA and tasted uh, some CBD water and he thought it tastes like crap. His sister runs Citramax Labs, which is a very reputable flavor house in New Jersey. They make beverages for the entire industry and she made some samples and Barry asked me to help him, you know, kind of get this off the ground just by making some introductions and I did. And one thing led to another, and there was a third meeting at his apartment, and he asked me to come just to vet out the people that, you know, the discussion. And, I mean, I didn't really orchestrate it this way, but after they told him how compelling this opportunity was, I looked at him and I said, Barry, just make sure you find a really good CEO because Barry's not an operator. I mean, he's, he's the ideator here. He's a foodie. He makes these flavors. He's the idea guy. But he's not the operational guy. And all of a sudden, all the people in the room look at me, and they're like, what about you? And I literally said, what about me? I don't know anything about this. And that was an honest, you know, off the cuff answer. And when they left, Barry said, look, you're my guy. I want you to be my co-founder and launch the business. And, you know, again, I was humbled. And I said, all right, let me do some due diligence. And look, what I did is I think any other diligent entrepreneur would do. I went and I insulated myself. I went to meet with his sister. I said, you have to be on my team. I don't want to pay you. You have to have equity. I met Carol Dollar, the former CEO of Vitamin Water. She thinks this could be the next Vitamin Water. She became an investor and now she's our COO. And that one-to-one-to-one, our co-packer who makes millions of cases a year, love the brand, he invested, he's on our team. And so at that first meeting, I'm surrounded by beverage royalty and these people are on my team. They're not telling me what I wanna hear, they're telling me what I need to know. If I've done anything right, it's put these amazing people behind, behind and around me to help I me facilitate it. that air that was an idea into this bottle. And I just have to say the thought and care that goes into every single taste of flavor 
you know, has been hours and hours of work and pickiness behind the scenes. Yeah. And, and I want to pause on that for a moment. I told you off air and I don't talk about it a lot. You know, my first job was for vitamin water when I was, you know, 22 years old and, and I knew a, a small percentage of what I actually know right now. So I kicked myself from that opportunity, but I remember very distinctly learning about the flavor process because we would sample, right? We were the, we were, yeah. we were the focus group and we would try new flavors and really understanding how much work goes into coming up with a flavor and especially when you do it like your product with natural flavors, right? So there's really an understanding of the flavor and then the chemistry behind it, the sustainability, the sourcing. How do you get something from a fruit and the essence and the true flavor into a bottle and make it, you know, commercializable? I don't even know if that's a word, right? Like how do you make that flavor? How could you mass produce that flavor um, in a pure way, right? Like I don't think many folks understand how much science and work goes into that. Exactly. And that's on a normal day. And then you R and D, right? Then you add this fickle, um, bitter compound called CBD and it throws off the pHs and things like that. And it's actually how you put the, the, the order in which you put it into the mixture is going to affect the outcome. It does. Carol, who I alluded to also has a PhD in biochemistry. I didn't know that. So she, she worked with the flavor house to create proprietary methodologies. I know that's fancy, but to create a shelf stable, uh, And a, and a leveled, you know, mixture so that each sip you take has, um, you know, the, a, a ratio of what you're looking for, flavor and, and exactly D, right? And, and it took a while. It's, it's not easy at no, all. No, it's not. So, so we, we, have, we, have, we have a bunch of parts here. We have the product, right? We have, you know, the, the flavor of it. We have, you know, figuring out the consistency and the quality of the CBD compound and, and making sure that's consistent as well, too. Right, because that's plant derived, and there's you know different strains that could come from different plant elements. And I don't want to get too scientific here because I want to focus on the brand. So we got the idea, we got the flavor. Let's talk about the brand values. Like, how is this brand going to be different? There's a ton of CBD products out there. How do we talk about making this product stand out on the shelf? I mean, it's a premium product, right? And I assume that was a focus here. Let's let's come up with a premium product. You know, how do you figure out who your target market is? How do you figure out what the bottle looks like and the marketing plans behind it? Let's Let's pull back that eight-part eight question, Mark. Yeah, well, no, those are all great questions. And I, I, think, it, I think it starts, and, you know, for entrepreneurs who are thinking about a business, um, you know, people talk about ex- execution, but the planning is really the most crucial. Like, if you're going to war, the plan, how you're going to, you know, advance that attack is incredibly important. You also have to know that the minute that first bullet goes off, the plan's going to change, and you better be nimble. So don't hardwire something so hard. So, you know, relating to this, we knew it was going to be a very busy space. We knew that there would be exactly what happened, you know, everybody and their mother. And it was a gold their, rush. A gold rush, right? So how do we stick out? So the first thing we did is said, you know what, we're going to go slow. You know, we're not, we're not getting on the highway right now. Let those guys go first. And let's think about how we want to stick out. And you said premium product. We said premium experience. And that means enlightening the senses to us from the minute you look at this bottle when you walk by the cooler right um there's not many that look like this or the you know the white bottle that you have and it's a marketing expense because we spend more money on our bottles than typical beverage companies would want to but it's part of marketing to catch your eye right it's how much you want to invest in that blended cost towards marketing and what's it going to pay out in the end there's a lot of thought that goes into this. you can put up billboards and you can do digital ads and that's crowded too but the point of purchase is where, you know, this lives as, you know, part of our, our distribution strategy. You want people to say, well, what is that? And then, then, you know, obviously we thought about just being simple and elegant, but also transparent. We put, you know, QR codes on the bottle so that you can go right to our lab results. 
and see the purity of the CBD. And so we don't want a question not you know, answered for you, um, you know, when you look at that. And then you open the bottle, you know, it's an eco-friendly, reusable you know, uh, bottle. I'm clinking the, 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 the bottle, aluminum. And you've tasted, for instance, the chocolate. When you open the chocolate, there is an aroma that comes out of that. And you're like, wow, <laughs> like a wine, right? I, I got to tell everybody, that chocolate, it's, it's Aztec chocolate and strawberry, right? It, it, that's special, man. That's a special drink right there. That's delicious. Yeah, we'll talk about how we, we <laughs> rolled the dice and we're, you know, we took the dessert drink. <laughs> but, um, you know, we have four flavors and we wanted those flavors, uh, you know, to be artisanal. We wanted them to be different. And, you know, we didn't want to price it, you know, at the most expensive. We certainly don't deserve to be the least expensive. So we purposely priced it in the middle of the sector, right? But wrapping around the branding and a premium experience where you say, you know, great packaging, great flavors, and this is the feedback. I'm not pounding my chest. Um, but, you know, it was, it was all those thought. And you can't just launch a, a product uh, and put it out there and then go back and redo those things. So we're much slower to the market than some other brands, but we're starting to gain very nice momentum because people are reacting in a very similar way to you. And I think that's the great differentiator is just kind of the thought we put into it. And obviously our packaging and marketing is, is you know, we believe stands out from, you know, most of the average pack there. And, and what's the average retail price if I was going to go into a store and buy it? Uh, between six and six dollars. Okay, and what's what's a typical CBD beverage on the market? How does that how does that line up? Is it is it is it mid range, higher? It's right in the middle. So okay. there's a lot of um, I call them CBD soda cans out there. It's not that they're bad. I, I have some ones that I really like. Um, you know, three four bucks. You have some other ones that are priced at seven eight nine dollars. And you know, we have twenty five milligrams of CBD. It's among the highest, if not the highest. We believe we're one of the best tasting. And we're smack in the middle because accessibility is important to us. And premium doesn't mean being standoffish. And I think that's a great misconception in CPG and in any product. And how do you balance the, you know, the property when you're having a conversation in the marketplace with consumers, you know, you know, talking about the flavor, talking about the benefits of CBD, and how do you also talk about the quality of that CBD that goes into it? Sure. Um, yeah, and it is, you know, they're all important buckets. It starts and For people that know what they're talking about are going to ask those questions. It, well, it starts and ends with the taste. The, I mean, the days of drinking something green that tastes like crap are over. I mean, you have to bring taste to the market and you can't sacrifice health to do it. So we sweeten with, you know, raw honey. We don't use artificial sweeteners. I will never do that. And I say never Sorry. and I won't because flavor is important and it's 40 calories. So you can give up a few calories. I'm a keto guy. I still drink this because it's natural sugar and, you know, it's great. So, it's fine. For, you, you know, it starts there. Um, you know, getting a very high level organic CBD, proving it through your lab results, like I said, and make sure it's a, it's a, uh, a compound that mixes well with your drink. I can't tell you how many CBD samples we went through, you know, uh, uh, you know to get there. That's the fun part too, the, the, cock, the, the cocktail work that goes into it, right? We'll get to cocktails because that was, a, that was a, a happy accident that came from not even thinking about it. And none of us are brilliant. Actually, our consumers are brilliant. Well, the mixologist, right? The, the home mixologist. <laughs> well, I mean, they, I'll just say they mix incredibly well with, uh, <laughs> with cocktails. They really do. Yeah. Well, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, keep going. I'm sorry. The benefits, which we want to be more overt about, but we can't and we don't because our ethos, again, is to just have that transparency and, you know, the, the right ethics. And I think our drink speaks for itself. But science is out there and it's telling people 
that it's efficacious and the, the, the milligram or the dosage is efficacious at 25 milligrams. So we've had some tailwinds behind us to help us there. Yeah, that's fantastic. And going back to it, I think it's a misconception in the marketplace. And one of, one of the pieces, and listen, I'm not a CBD expert. I, I am a avid consumer. I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing it for a long time. And I look at it also when I put my marketing hat on, I think that a lot of brands out there are kind of riding that thought where consumers think that this will get you high, right? The consumers don't have the right information around CBD and they kind of play to it. They don't, they don't not say it and they don't say it, right? They don't call it out that, you know, and, and I think that's a, that's a big problem with a lot of the CBD products that are out there. There's not enough education. And I think some of these brands are slightly misleading. I'm not going to call them out by name. We're not here to do that. But I think just generally speaking, you know, this is still the early days. It's unprecedented. It's, you know, we're, we're figuring this market out, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like to be part of an industry and a positive part of an industry. And I love competitors. I've reached out to some of competitors and have rapport. It's all good. Keeps you on your toes. We're all in this together. 100%. But there are some folks out there that are slightly pissing me off right now. And I think it, it, it's, a, it's a move and I understand to sell more product, but it, it hurts the integrity of the, of the industry for all of us and, and making any claims or you know, taking things off of your bottle so that you can market it on Facebook or whatever. It's just not cool to me. And I think the consumer is, is in that inflection point, understanding, okay, I'm just starting to grasp what CBD is a compound that maybe it won't get me high. And now I want to focus now on the benefits of it. And that's only going to take this baby-like industry to the billions and billions. There's so much around. Short-sightedness is just going to come back to hurt us. And the, the consumer today is self-optimized in their health. More people you know, care about their health coming out of this crisis. Are you kidding me? People are gonna to wanna to boost their immune system, stay healthy. There's gonna be anxiety. They're gonna to turn to CBD more than ever. Let's, Why would we do that? Right? Let's put so, those pharmaceutical stuff away, man. Let's put that away, right? I mean, I'll be honest too, like back in the day, right? I would, you know, I would take a little of this, a little of that to kind of calm me down. And you know, we talk about the side effects of pharma too. And that's why I initially shifted for me personally into CBD, because I go, I don't like, how I feel after a Xanax, a Klonopin, any of those things. And they were too strong for me. I didn't need all that. I needed something natural, something that would just kind of work with my body, my, my, my own chemistry here. Now, I absolutely love it. One final question on the marketing here. Who's your target market for this product? Yeah, so we did some research uh, in the beginning, and, and we, um, I think we, we pretty much nailed it. Um, it was you know, somewhere between millennial and Gen X, and our data, uh, and slightly skewed to the female and our data for the last, um, you know, kind of year being in commercial retail and, you know, online um, really backs that up. Um, the aperture, aperture is open to, um, you know, most demographics between 18 and 65. So we're getting bites from a lot of people. You know, vitamin water, uh, I said to Carol, well, who's your customer? She was like, everybody. And that's scary as a marketing person to say, wait a second. <laughs> well, how do I talk to them? <laughs> Oh, right, exactly. But I think with CBD, and that's the star, and then there's, you know, the benefits, any age group can suffer from some of the ailments that CBD, you know, studies show that work, whether it's inflammation, pain, stress, and anxiety. So it's not agnostic to a, a demographic. Um, and then with, you know, overlay of the health consciousness, you know, starting now in the early age, my daughter's 14, she's working out all the time, she reads every label. I see that these kids are growing up more educated, empowered about their health. So, you know, that's going to, that trend is going to continue and it's wise to have a, you know, a fairly wide net out there, you know, but don't get the messaging lost. But again, CBD is kind of ubiquitous in a sense that you can market it to, to a lot of, you know, a lot of generations. Does your daughter enjoy these products? Loves it. 
loves it. Yeah. Both my yeah. daughters. And what's the general thought? Pro- what's the general thought? Because I, I don't know the answer to this. My kids, I have an eight-year-old and a two-year-old, so I don't know this yet. Like, what's the general industry thought process on when you know the the earliest age that someone can consume CBD safely? Yeah, I mean, I, I know it's safe, but like you know, for 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 children. Right. So, I mean, at the, I mean, the official statement as a company is that you know you should be over eighteen, and and yeah. you know. And still, if you have any question, consult a physician. I mean, it's pretty okay. easy. Like, we're not going to sell right? But you're not selling uh, drugs. A lot, a lot of right. And <laughs> kids suffer from anxiety, especially now. And I, you know, when I studied and took this online course, there was zero, um, you know, toxicity. Uh, Epidiolex, which is a uh, FDA-approved drug, is administered to children who have pediatric seizures in doses that are ten times the amount of this. Yes. For them with very little side effects. So 25 milligrams, and I'm not making a claim for my kids, um, actually is fine, but it's, it's to each parent and their own. Exactly. They should think about, you know, the risk reward there. And I have not found any risks, but I'm in the business. So yeah. And, and, and I have, I have a friend who, who's, whose young child suffers from seizures and they went through a whole CBD regimen that was so effective and it worked so well for them. And the combination with diet change and, and they've seen such growth from that. So, so kudos to that. One last piece, you know, we talk about, you know, Cloud's Water brand being elevated, right? And, and I want to I wanna finish this up to like, you know, how, how, do you, how do you want this product perceived in the marketplace, right? How do you want consumers, you know, to keep it top of mind and always be thinking, you know, you know what, I, I really love cloud water. I want to keep my fridge stocked with it. I want to, I want to turn into an advocate. I want to, you know, give this to my friends when they come over. I want to, you know, you know, be a brand advocate for this. You know, talk to us a little bit about that elevated brand experience and how do you get people there? Yeah. And, and if you look at our social media that, um, you know, I think has been so well curated, it, it kind of sends a statement that um, you know, we want to be a, a great-looking, you know, attractive brand. We want to be approachable and cool, but again, we want we don't want to be too cold. And a lot of people see us, you know, kind of optically, and they're like, "Wow, I love your packaging." And you know, again, the elevation is kind of the the, the cross section of like enlightening those senses that I talked about before. Is you know, looking at the bottle, reading the ingredients, tasting it, and you know, also then finding the versatility in it. Like, wait a second. Um, and we have such a great social community. People post, like, I stopped taking Xanax, like you alluded to. I replaced my afternoon cup of coffee because it actually clears my mind. There's a difference of pepping up and clearing your mind. Yep. They're the same, by the way, right? And um, I drank it with a cocktail. I drank it before a meeting in the morning. And to me, that was the greatest elevation that we could receive. Because, Testimonials are the best, man. But the versatility that people can incorporate this into their daily life throughout their day me that was great and then of course you know we get the accolades on you know our thoughtfulness on the package but the elevation should, like i said it should be a very consistent experience across the board and um you know again we're working very hard to achieve that and the feedback so far has been overwhelming you know to suggest it. that's fantastic man kudos on that so let's wrap up the product chat i'll do one more in here let's hear about the cocktails right because it's <laughs> from from innovation and social media like what was like the the first one that came across your desk and you're like you know i didn't think about that let's give it a try yeah uh, well you know we did a lot <clears throat> of things in the beginning and um i you know i love to have my thursday night cocktails so we started out with grapefruit mint and basil and blood orange and coconut and we started mixing them with tequila and vodka and you know we were just like wow and the wow was that um you know the flavors hold up so nicely in it and it also cuts through the alcohol so there's no bitterness Hmm. and 
just very refreshing, right? And again, it's not adding a ton of calories because you're not even pouring the whole bottle in it. And, uh, you know, the impact was, you know, the outcome was great. I mean, it was just, first of all, it tasted great. And then pe we didn't really say anything or market it, but people started coming back to us and said, you know, I mixed this with my vodka and it was amazing. And it just started, a trend started to catch on and we started posting some cocktail recipes and mocktail recipes. And now it's part of, you know, not our marketing, but certainly part of the conversation. Right. I mean, if you think about it too, if you think about the whole, you know, the, the, the La Croix, the sparkling water category, like that whole category, I mean, it's a mixer, right? Plenty of people drink it straight up too, but like, you know, I know my wife, she mixes it with, with her tequila and we're going to try this. Now, what about, you know, mixing, you know, how does the, the effects of CBD and alcohol, like, I, cause I have not tried it, right? Is it, is it an enhancer? Does it like change the effect of alcohol? I'm just curious. Yeah, that, that's a good question. And I, you know, in the beginning, because maybe I'm more accustomed to it, uh, I did notice that um, I had a little enhanced buzz, which was good. So I drank a little less, right? Yeah, less consumption of alcohol, correct. You know, again, people, we make mocktails and people love that as an alcohol alternative, right? Um, and there was a time I had maybe three or four drinks with CBD and I was like, huh, okay, I feel that. So I think it, I think it, not like um, I was, you know, out or I was psychedelic or anything like that, but you could definitely feel, you know, a little bit more buzzed than normally. So, you know, this is an enjoy responsibly scenario. And I think, again, it goes to dosing, you know, having one drink on, it's not going to do anything to you. And then it you applies have to, to everything, right? right everything um, in moderation. Yeah, absolutely. So too much is probably going to make you feel uh, a little bit more woozy than you would. And you know, you're not supposed to drive anyway. So, you know, don't drive. <laughs> it's yeah. not don't yeah. operate heavy machinery, no forklifts, none of that stuff. So let's, let's shift gears yeah. a little bit and, and, and talk about leadership. I, sure. Absolutely. To say one more thing on that. And I'm going to say it because we're just, we're, we're just riffing. Um, I drink one of these after I drink at night. Okay. And this is not a, a business claim. I do not wake up with a hangover. Okay. That's me. And a few of my friends have commented the same way. I, I don't have any science. I don't have any thing to know, but that's happened to me multiple times. And I'm going to take you up on that. I'm actually, I, I got my email today. I'm going to order a case to the house because I, I, I'm a, I'm a brown spirits guy. I love my bourbon and I love my scotch, you know, a couple days a week. I mean, that's kind of my thing too, but I get pretty, ever since like when I went, it was literally when I went from age 29 to age 30, my hangovers just went from zero to a hundred and I've tried everything. So I am going to try this, uh, you know, next time I, I have my, my Friday night cocktail. I had bourbon and the chocolate the other night. And again, it sounds like I'm just here to market. It was so incredible. You met in a, in a cocktail. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to try that. And, and if it's, and if it sucks, you please come back on and say it sucks, but I loved it so much. I, I think you're going to like it. All right. I'm, I'm definitely going to try that there. So let's talk about leadership for a little bit. And you know, you talk about relearning everything in a new industry and how to lead blindfolded. What does that mean, man? What does leading blindfolded mean? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it means that I, so I was so anxious to insulate myself with this team. And I was like, yeah, look at this great job I did in building a team. And we're sitting at meetings and they're, they're rattling off these acronyms and stuff. But I'm like, I have no idea what these people are talking about. And I was, you know, sitting there very insecure, like, wait a second, why am I sitting in this seat? You know, I'm, you know, I look at the title, I'm the CEO. I should have command over this. And I had zero. Right. Mm -hmm. And, a really good feeling um, you know obviously it, it incentivizes you to really learn and thank God over the last 18 months I've learned a lot and 
and certainly feel more comfortable. But when folks would turn to me about gross margins and blended margins and FOBs and chargebacks and this, Adam, I'm not lying. I would, I walk out of the room and feel nauseous, right? Like, Cause you didn't know. Cause you didn't know. I didn't know that would have meant. Right. And I literally had a blindfold on and what really took over was, you know, the instincts that I learned when I launched my first business in a basement, I was broke and nobody gave a crap, excuse me. And I didn't have any money and you just have to figure it out and you do. And so it, it was a, a scary trying moment for me and I'm, I'm grateful for it as crappy as I felt, but I'd be lying to anybody out there if I knew what I was doing because I didn't. And whether that comes across good or bad, I, I have no idea. I don't care. It just was the reality of, you know, where I was. And I feel like I've caught up, which is great, but you know, certainly, oh boy. <laughs> but these are lessons learned, man. And going back to what you said when we first started this conversation, it's, you know, it's a combination of self-awareness and being humble to really be a great leader, to know that you may not have all the answers, right? But knowing to be transparent and opening yourself up to learning. And I think personally, I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity to work on some tremendous leaders. I mean, I'll fill you in later on my career story and everything. But one of the things about, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk that he taught me was vulnerability and being open. And that was a game changer for me in my career. Um, and, and how I am emerging to be, you know, the true leader that I always had in me. So kudos to that. And let's talk a little bit about what's happening right now, you know, managing through a crisis. And, you know, I, I also believe, you know, business does not stop. I think right now you have to keep pushing forward, but also be mindful of tone and, you know, being empathetic, but also being, you know, as a leader, rallying your troops up and morale and everything, but having that balance between being optimistic and realistic rationale. How do you manage all that? Yeah. You, you have so many great talking points. Um, vulnerability, you know, um, uh, just I want to touch on that. Absolutely. I, I grew up a hockey player, had a lot of fights in my life, stuck up for my teammates. Nice guy. Um, but, Hockey, you know, hockey's all, on the ice is completely different. That You're in it, right? It's completely different rules. Who are fourth line NHL guys in there. Side, side, side note for a second, and I've been talking about this with my buddies. Hockey, like, how is a sport you're, you're legally allowed to fight? Like, if you had to fight in the parking lot, you'll get arrested. But hockey on the ice, it's a sport, right? It's a... I, I have met some of my best friends in life through dropping the gloves with them. I, that's <laughs> ironic. But seriously, some of my closest friends, we have scrapped. Um, there's the code in hockey. But we, this is not a hockey. Of that's right. Um, but, you know, when I talk about my toughness, my toughness comes through my vulnerability, right? And and I think every leader needs to find that in them. And part of that is accountability. And I don't think we have a, a so we, we have a very degree of what true accountability is in life. And you can't sit there and lead with your mouth, right? You, you know, you, you, like you said, somewhere between optimism and pessimism is realistic or realism. And that's where you need to find the sweet spot from yourself first. And then you can't BS people these days. I mean, they're going to pick up on that. So, you know, managing through a crisis is, um, you know, really taking a step back and, and you know, assessing the situation. And, you know, what we did, uh, and again, around my, my circle, I have great advisors who have been in the beverage space. I have great investors who really care about the business. And I called an emergency meeting and I said, okay, well, I, I bit, I'd been through this in 2008 and, you know, we were self-funded and we managed through it and I learned some things and we're going we're gonna to do that again. But what we're not going to do is we're not going to stop because if you sit there and hoard all of your money and sit in there, you, you'll, you'll fade away. And if you throw your money away because you're in denial, you're going out of business. And look, I don't think it's rocket science. We became an online world overnight. 
we shifted all of our resources to our digital strategies, which we had already started. And we preserved cash. We pushed back some, you know, some hires and everybody dug in. And that's the most important part. You know, you can financial engineer on a spreadsheet. The team dug in. And I said, I said two things, three things to the team. This, this will define us for years to come, right? And, and what we do and how we act now, this will be with us for the long term. And it might recreate our brand, but just know that. Secondly, it is the time it will, it will push innovation, scrappiness, and creativity, and it will push all of you to limits you haven't been before. And I've been there, and trust me, there's greatness on the other side, right? And third, we're going to make it through even better. And, you know, that was hope, but, you know, you can't sit there and say, well, I think we're going to make it through. And we set off on a course. We, we grew our online sales by 400% since February and acquired hundreds of new customers. And this team, and it's, it's still not about me, but this team through the adversity, through the fear, shows up every single day and works their ass off. And I could not be more proud to be through this team. And guess what? We're gonna make it through, it looks like, thank God. And on the other side is gonna be a company that is 10 times better than when it started in this crisis. Not whether it's the revenue, it's gonna be the character of this business. And I can't wait to start looking back on this and then looking forward to the future of Cloudwater because it's looking bright right now. Dude, that that is unbelievable. And I'm smirking and nodding and I have like kind of chills right now after you just said that. Like, same thing for me, man. Like. You know, I, I, I made the shift in my mind to say, you know what, even though I lost, you know, 60%, I don't even say I lost 60% of my business. I'm a recruiter and we'll talk about that offline, but I lost 60% of the opportunities that I would have had without this, right? And I said, you know what, instead of, you know, curling into a ball and, and you know, fading away, I'm going to double down, I'm going to triple down on deepening my relationships, you know, tripling my content, building my own personal brand. And I know for a fact that I'm going to come out of this stronger and on top. And I absolutely love what you just said, man. Hey guys, we're going to do something pretty cool here on the podcast. It's actually your first time. We're going to be doing a follow-up. And with me today is Mark Seiden. He is the CEO of Cloudwater. Mark, welcome back. Good to have you. Uh, it's been two months since we talked at the beginning of May. We're going to catch up and uh, talk about how everything's going with you. Great to be here. And how do you juxtapose uh, it feels like yesterday, but very long two months. Well, I think that- I feel both. <laughs> it has been, it's been, it's been short. And I'm looking at the calendar. I mean, we're recording this uh, mid-July right now and we recorded back in May and the show's gonna come out in August and it's been crazy. The last four months have been unprecedented and incredibly challenging, you know, to say the least. And going back to the original conversation, which everyone will listen to at this point, uh, where we filled everyone in on Mark's story and the growth of Cloudwater. Um, but as a CEO, I mean, let's let's look back here. We talk about this time capsule and now we're a couple of months past the original recording date. You know, what have you learned in, in the last couple of months? Let's talk about the flexibility of the team, the resilience. I'd love to get your perspective. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things we talked about on, on our last recording was uh, a discussion we had together when COVID started. And, you know, I led by just telling everybody that, you know, these, what we do in the next few months will define us and our brand for many years to come, right? And that this time will make us scrappy. It'll force us to be creative. It'll uh, push our, um, you know, our, uh, you know, comfort levels and things like that. And it'll challenge us as individuals and as a team. Yeah. So let's break that down too. I want to understand how you were challenged personally, maybe some, did you, did you find some things about yourself that would have only possibly came through during this time? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
I think one of the themes that you know I carry into Cloudwater from my previous uh, experience, my last business, is that although I was called the CEO, I don't really think I've you know come into my own uh, you know as a CEO uh, really until I started Cloudwater, and that was forget about all the adversity. It was just really learning because I had such a great business partner and on board, and I have a great team, but it's a little different um, when you know, I'm, I'm in a different seat and it's forced my game, as I like to say, to really upgrade in a lot of ways. And so um, one thing I found out about myself is, you know, really digging in and trying to be thoughtful about decisions, be less emotional, uh, you know, rely on my great team and, you know, but also be decisive, right? right? And not, you know, you can't forget about game face and, and feigning it like really being decisive and, and, and not afraid to make mistakes. One of the things that held me back in the past, I never wanted to make a mistake, like who does? And I think it held me back from like being vulnerable, like in living, you don't live until you're vulnerable, right? So. How do you balance, you know, especially during this time of being empathetic, being understanding to your employees, being understanding to maybe potential vendors with, as you said, being more decisive, how do you balance being pragmatic and also being empathetic? Yeah, well, you know, I don't see decisive as meaning cutthroat. I mean, I think I see it as, uh, you know, kind of uh, creating a process which lends itself to, you know, on the backdrop of how I operate, what is our desired outcome? What is in the best interest of our business? And not at all costs, right? Of course. I, mean, I think there's winners at all costs, which is fine. Uh, I'm more of a middle ground. I think, you know, we're going to win, we should win, but we shouldn't die in the process, right? So... Uh, I think decisive just means like setting up a, a foundation and a platform where you can make decisions with input, but at the end of the day, you can't rule by committee. I hate to use the word rule, but you know, there is a single point of contact in every department and I am the single point of contact to make decisions, which by the way, again, doesn't mean I make them on my own. I make them with great input from people, but at some point you just say, look, this is, we have to go and you can't say that word apprehensively you're like let's go right and the team will invariably buy into that because they were part of the decision anyway right right and how has the team responded to the to the new mark uh i wouldn't call it a new mark i think it's I, I think it's an evolving mark i didn't wake up one day and just say hey look at me right i think i think um you know it's also how i respond to the team i think again it's it's a two-way street so i've learned a lot from my team i've learned a lot uh, by using different styles and then seeing, you know, how people react. And there have been some times where, uh, you know, I've done some things and I've caught on a different reaction. And instead of pointing at that team member, I, you know, I, I like to say I work during the day, I think at night and I think about, you know, what I need to do tomorrow or what's going on. And also, you know, what role am I playing in the inevitable outcome of, of Cloudwater? So, Absolutely. Uh, but I think in general, um, you know, People say sometimes say I'm too nice, and they're and because I am a very empathetic person. Nothing wrong with that. No, well, yeah, there is right. You just don't want it to be misconstrued for weakness because it's right. not. Even even being a Rangers fan, I could let that I could let that one go there. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's, I did that just for you, bud. It's 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 all good. It was so funny. I was actually going through some old boxes yesterday. And I found my Islander jerseys from when I was uh, in high school, but that's a story for another day. Um, but let's also talk about you know what's happening in the market right now. I mean, things have been changing so much. I mean, what have you learned specifically about you know your product in the market, and how have you guys pivoted? Yeah. So uh, you know one of the you know one of the strategies that we we said that we were going to mm -hmm. undertake 
uh, during this very uncertain time in retail was to really strengthen our digital channel. And it goes back to some of the questions, how did the team handle it and what was the outcome? And you know, we've, we grew it by three to 400% and we've maintained that growth through this. And that's one area we found predictability, right? Which is great news for the business, right? So in May, we had, had a month or two of you know, an uptick. Now we have a couple other months of maintaining that and growing that digital channel. And it's fantastic because every CEO entrepreneur wants to find predictability, recurrence of things they don't have to worry about. Just say, okay, let's grow on this. So I think the team did a fabulous job, you know, kind of pivoting or, or being nimble uh, while retail, you know, started to come back, which is, you know, again, you know, good news for the business. I mean, have you found also, I mean, we talked about this before, and a lot of my other clients are in this DTC e-commerce world too, where you're getting all these new, client, new, new customers into your pipeline. You know, what are you doing to retain them? How are you going to ensure that, hey, listen, this is great. I got the cloud water coming, but I'm going back to this store, you know, and maybe there'll be some other products that maybe didn't have this uh, availability and, and deliverability in the past. How do you retain them as, as customers? I give them Ranger tickets. That's, that's easy, right? How many, uh, how many cases do I got to buy for those, right? Look, I mean, you need the combination, right? One of our goals is I think is and should be for many, you want to be available to your customer in her daily life cycle, right? So when she's out on the go, you want to have grab and go. When she's home, uh, you want to give her the convenience of, you know, ordering in bulk and saving some money and having it in the fridge, right? So uh, it's, you know, it's however we, you know, uh, obtain that customer, we want them to know they can obtain cloud water in various channels. All their, all their touch and, points. Yeah, I mean, building our community kind of person by person, we don't, like I said last time, we don't buy users, we don't feign, you know, whatever the numbers are, they are. Uh, we're very active on social, as are our users. We have a really strong email marketing and retention program in the back. Our customer service is second to none and gets tested a lot in these challenging shipping times. Right. And so, you know, we've given refunds and codes and, you know, we're not giving away the farm. We let our customer know we care. We get a lot of great feedback. We put reviews up on the site and we get tons of five-star reviews based on, you know, taste and how their experiences with cloud or which again was our original strategy to create mm -hmm. a premium experience, not just a great tasting beverage, but an experience with a brand and it's really helping out. And that's critical. Mark, how do you handle negative reviews? Uh, <laughs> and negative feedback. You know, I don't handle them very well at all. I, I really take them to the heart, which is, I think, a good thing. So I personally reach out to the negative reviewers and uh, I ask them, you know, to have a conversation with me. And uh, some of them responded by saying, oh, I didn't think that was going to be posted on your site. And, you know, I didn't want to I'm not trying to hurt you. And I said, no, you're not hurting us. You're helping us. Exactly. But I want to understand, you know, the context of it. And actually, let's just say there were 10 out of the, you know, the 80 or 90 that we have that might be high. But it turned that conversation around into something very positive. And 90% and of them have reordered. I love right. It. So I don't know if I can do that when the business scales, but I could do it now. And so, you know, so I, it, I'm, I'm, I'm quite hands on when it comes to that. And feedback's a gift, right? It's feedback means that somebody cares. It. Feedback means right. that someone gives a crap to at least respond and, and tell you what they're feeling. And that also, to me, my, my personal take as a marketer, it's a sign of loyalty. Because right? yeah. if they weren't loyal, if they didn't want to see your product improve, if there wasn't attributes of that that they actually enjoy and they want to see it be better because they want to try it again. 
Well, that's the first, yeah, that's the first thing I say is I'm grateful for you taking the time and your feedback helps us to become better. Help me a little understand, you know, why this was a three-star review and what can we do better as a business? Besides, you know, changing a flavor that, you know, they might not like, there's not much I could do about that. But again, invariably, we, we get a lot, a lot of positive stuff on our, you know, our flavors, which by the way, I point out if they get the variety pack and they don't like the grapefruit, we didn't make one flavor all the flavors for one person. It's a, it's a diverse portfolio. And so they understand that and they start ordering cases of their favorite flavors, which is part of the process. Something for everybody here. And I want to talk about that, the evolution of the product too. And I saw in the, in the recent trade pubs, you guys are coming out with a non CBD water. Is that like an immunity line? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we were able to do, uh, you know, during COVID is uh, ask ourselves and continue on that theme you know, how are we going to come out of this, right? And uh, I think some businesses are just trying to, you know, get through it. And we said we're growing through it. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of reasons why we came up with Cloudwater Plus. That's our new line, which is an immunity-based formula. And I'll talk about it in a minute. But it was really on the hypothesis or question, would people drink Cloudwater if it didn't have CBD in it, right? And could we take all this brand equity that we had and and evolved we're a functional beverage business right 100%. so we didn't set out to ever cloudwater brands is from the beginning so we knew we wanted to evolve and here's something that our core audience is really concerned about which is their immunity and we decided to leave the same flavor profiles because of the great feedback we got we also knew we wanted to move quickly to market so you know step one was proving that out to ourselves and i think we did very quickly second was the unpredictability of the regulatory environment help it's really it, it it's it doesn't make it easy to say process map out where we're going and when you know with covid you know the fed and local municipalities have punted some of the regulatory framework that they had promised and we don't have time or cash flow to sit here while they get their you know their crap together you have and to it's be understandable right so um, you know, what we, what we said was, look, we can broaden the brand, right? While, uh, you know, keeping to our function, keeping to our why, why we exist and why our you know, customers would really care by creating something that our customers tell us they love with a formula that would also fit into what their concern was. And the great news there is that we can branch out now with no regulatory issues to a national footprint. And we were very lucky to land some national partners right out of the gate. As soon as we told them about the brand or the, the, the product, they flipped because they fit into the category of brands that want to work with us, but had to wait for CBD to be regulated. Right. And how are you positioning that? Is it going to be positioned as a premium flavored carbonated beverage? Yeah. I mean, we make And the Lacroix and, you know, that whole line. Yeah, we, we make, uh, this is not in the LaCroix category. This is a functional uh, beverage. It has uh, 100 RDI of uh, vitamin D and zinc, right? So I mean, that's what people need right now. People looking for their immunity boosters. We talk about what are those compounds and vitamins that right. are going to boost our defenses. I mean, we're doing a great job here in New York too, but yeah. every little thing counts. And you got to yeah. listen to your customers and listen to the market. And again, the beauty of a community. So if you love our flavor profiles and you love our brand, then would you love something that is now going to help boost your immunity? And is the early feedback, I mean, do you think this is going to, you know, eventually take over the CBD line? I mean, where do you see this playing into the, into the forecast? Yeah, so that's an interesting question. I think initially, if we were to create a race, which I think good companies do, 
this will this will take an early lead, right? I mean, we're we're making nice progress in CBD, but this will now extend us to a national footprint as quickly as we want to. But what happens there is now we're, we are getting into brands and retailers that we were having trouble getting into because of CBD. For example, Whole Foods. I'm not announcing any deals today other than this, but let's say we're on the shelves in Whole Foods and consumers are buying it. Well, when CBD finally comes around and Whole Foods starts to you know, accept uh, CBD brands, we just call the buyer and say, hey, uh, here's another SKU. We can also now reach on the digital world an unlimited amount of consumers, which we're not, we weren't on Amazon. We right. can't advertise on Facebook. We can't do stuff. And so now we can bring millions of consumers to our website, you know, based on the immunity line. And they'll say, oh, they, they have a CBD line as well. Right. So I think this jettisons, you know, the business in a very meaningful way into next year. A hundred percent. And as a consumer of, of, your, of your brand and your products, there's times when maybe you do not want to uh, consume the CBD line and you still love the flavor and you want all the other benefits too. So you're, you have options as a consumer and you're just yeah. expanding and building and building loyalty. That's, that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I asked when we recorded this show back in May, we, you know, we talked a lot about silver linings. Um, and we also talked about, you know, what we thought the new normal was going to look like. And New York state's different. We've done it. We've done a great job here. You know, let's talk about, you know, what, what is that, you know, now that the, the end of the light at the end of the tunnels in sight for you has your perspective on the new normal changed? Uh, well, you know, that uh, we're, I think we're still figuring that out, Adam. I'm, I mean, there's a surge in the rest of the United States. We are, for once, insulated. You it's know, we were the epicenter, happened. and now we're, you know, we're forced quarantining or trying to maintain that testing under 1%, low death rate, and so forth. The question is, how strong is that dam to keep up, keep these people out or keep people in New York Hopefully. safe. And no offense to when I say these people, <laughs> but we don't want another, we don't want another spread. And we want to see the states like California, which are important markets to us to get this under wraps very quickly. I'd be in a better position to answer that. I do think though, looking into next year, you know, we'll, we'll get back to a new normal. Um, but again, with vaccines, we don't know what percentage of what who's taking it. And we might be in a lower touch economy you know, for the foreseeable future. And that's why a digital and retail strategy is, is and having both of those channels be very strong is so important. A hundred percent. And last but not least, you know, when we look ahead at, at challenges in the next 12 months, what do you think the biggest challenge to your company is going to be? Uh, re, you know, it, it's, it's right now it's fundraising. And, you know, the interesting part about that is, uh, you know, the, the company has cash flow, but it will not be able to keep up with the demand that we're creating. The silver lining there is a lot of uh, CEOs and entrepreneurs go out and say, give me your money and I'll do this. I'm going back out now to fundraise and say, look what we've done, give me your money and we'll do even more. And I think our ability to do that, the silver lining to create that discipline internally will start to attract you know, investors individually and institutionally. But until I have that money in the bank, it remains a challenge. And this team has been able to overcome that. I'm very confident as the story continues to get better, we'll, we'll be able to you know, continue to raise money in the business. That's fantastic. And, and I love having a front row seat to the Cloud Water story. It's a fantastic product. Nice shirt, and, by the way. Yes, thank you. And we'll <laughs> add this uh, to the time capsule. Mark, thanks so yeah. much for jumping back on. Thanks, Adam. Always great to be here. Appreciate great. it. 
one thing that really resonates with me about our conversation is your authenticity. It shines bright, bright as hell, Mark. What does that word authenticity mean to you? I mean, it, I'm sitting here in my own body, in my own space, just talking to you. Like, you know, you're a great guy. I've watched your show, you know, great guest. I don't know you, but I feel like I do. And I feel comfortable having a conversation. Uh, I don't have an agenda here. You know, look, I need to sell the crap out of my product to make it. You're a salesman, yeah. But, you know, I, I just, you know, I just, I'm comfortable in my own, in my own skin. And so we're having a conversation about topics that I am incredibly passionate about. And, you know, I'm a, I'm an advisor, I'm a mentor in the philanthropy world, you know, not, and so if I can help people and, and through my experience, you're only going to get it if it's real. If I sit here and try to sugarcoat it or BS people, you know, it's not going to work. So, you know, my only agenda is, is to try to just tell you the unfeathered truth, whether that comes out on the other side, like, wow, that was great for cloud or not you were gracious enough to have me as a guest and I'm giving you, you know, exactly how I see from my life. And I, and I, and I appreciate that as a host, man. It's awesome. Mark, what is the single greatest piece of advice you've ever received that you take action on every single day? I know it right off the top of my head. Uh, brush your teeth twice. No. Uh, so wash your hands. <laughs> I was, I was walking down the street after I sold my last business and a very successful guy that I have a lot of respect for. So what are you doing? And you know, I, I made a couple of bucks. It wasn't retirement money. I had, a, you know, some money. I was like, I'm going to invest here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He's like, what are you doing? And I, I looked at him. He said, Mark, the greatest investment you ever made in yourself was you. Put your effing checkbook away and go think about what you want to do next. I am so grateful. I put my checkbook away. I stopped thinking about everybody else's business. And I started to just open my mind. So we started the show. To, to create that opportunity when it came by that I'd actually see it. I was so busy writing checks and like, hey, I got a couple of bucks. I never would have been in, in the place to accept this job. And I am forever grateful it is one of the best pieces of advice. And the last is my mother, rest in peace. She said, when you're most needy, Mark, give. And I didn't know what she meant at that point, but I certainly, I uh, one tattoo on my body, it says in your honor. And it was because of that statement when you think you're most needy, go help somebody else and see how needy you think you are. And I've always lived, um, you know, with that, you know, over my head. I'm grateful for those experiences. I love it, man. You know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, the, the, this show is going to air. This show is going, we're, just for everyone, we were recording this show on the Cinco de Mayo on May 5th. But Mark, this show is probably not going to air until late June, maybe early July. And I want to use this as a little bit of a time capsule moment here. Right, we're going to go back and we're going to listen to this when this airs. Let's talk about one professional silver lining and one personal silver lining that you've experienced over the last two months. Um, it, it actually happened in the December, if that's, uh, or you mean during this crisis? During or, the crisis, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, 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 think, I think it was really understanding what true accountability was for me. And... Uh, what I'm actually responsible for here. Um, I think when things are going well, it's a lot of fun to be like, hey, I'm the CEO of a cool beverage brand. But, you know, I realized that there's people, there are people suffering out there. There are people at my company who are scared for their jobs. There's a family that, you know, I have that's anxious and, and so forth. And, you know, finding the balance to be accountable to all of the responsibility and, you know, not, and, and finding the positivity through it because it's really, there's a VIP invitation down that dark rabbit hole that a lot of people are following down in this situation. 
and it's continuing my workouts and continue to be true to myself and, and my responsibility. And I do have to say I'm proud of myself the way I've balanced because, um, you know, we are navigating, you know, through this. And um, you asked me about personally, you know, as well. Yeah. Um, I, um, I picked up and moved out of my apartment in New York City, which was a nice place in Tribeca. Um, I stopped buying things. I stopped. And it wasn't about hoarding cash. I think for me, this experience just reminds me that I come from humble beginnings and I don't need much more to be happy. And I'm married to my wife 16 years. She is my effing best friend. She also does the social media for our company. She is literally my best friend and I'm really lucky to be with her and my kids are great. And not that I needed to realize that, but in talk about just enhancement of it, I think it, it helped me grow to just realize um, I'm now in my early 50s that I did some things. I come from a really shitty background, you know, beginning. I've done some really great things in my life, um, including the things that have happened to me. And I'm grateful for it. And it's great to be able to sit here in the middle of a crisis in a company that's struggling and actually with a big smile on my face. And I mean it because that's how I feel. I love it, Mark. Fantastic. And last but not least, right, as you mentioned earlier, you know, you, you come from humble beginnings. You've been there, done that, successes, failures. You've been at the bottom. You're climbing your way to the top, man. You know, when you had to dig down deep, you need to reach, really reach down inside and really harness that inner tenacity, right? Like, and on the flip side of that, right now, during this conversation, you talk about all these amazing things that are happening with your company that you're building. You talk about, you know, the, the love and affection that you have for your family just shines bright. Mark Seiden, what is your North Star? Uh, huh. Well, you know, I, 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 I mean, to me, it, it, it's, you know, I don't want to say success is my North Star, but, you know, I think what, what, what guides me um, is um, I was unfortunate enough to lose my father very early in life and then my mother before I was 30. And I chose not to be a victim, um, you know, about that. And I became a self-parenting person. And I set, an, I set a standard for myself, and I hate to say it's me, but I do have to look in the mirror every day and ask myself if I've, you know, done what I've needed to do and, um, and also, you know, you know, add corrective measures to that. And I, put a, I, I set a very high bar for myself. And anybody who's ever worked for me, they'll tell you that during the process, they might not have loved me, but they afterward understood why I set a high bar, why I expected so much out of them and why I pushed them to their limits because I, I do it for myself. It's the, it's the way I set the tone for myself. And I think the silver lining to some of that tragedy I went through is that it helped me to, to really do that on my own and, you know, and create a self-guidance. And it's, it's really been helpful, particularly at times like now. I love it, man. Mark Seiden, thanks for spending some time with me this morning. I appreciate it. This has been such a pleasure. I'm, I'm not sure how much time I, has gone by, probably an hour, but it felt like five. <laughs> You're great. You're a great host. Your show's great. People are lucky to listen to you, and I'm grateful for this. And I appreciate you know, this relationship. Where could folks find you? Where could they learn more about you? Where could they learn more about Cloudwater? Sure. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn under Mark Seiden. Um, we're at Cloudwater CBD on Instagram, Cloudwater Brands, or cloudwatercbd.com. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of specials out there right now, lowering our prices, free shipping, um, and, you know, we're, we're trying to donate to, you know, some, some charities as well. People have ideas. So, uh, we're trying to do our part through this and, you know, we love the support. We need the business to make it through and, you know, we'd love to build our community. So I appreciate the exposure. 
That's great stuff. Mark, thank you again. And everyone who is joining us on the podcast, thank you so much for hanging with us today. You know where to find us on all the social media channels. Visit thepodcast.com, click link, subscribe, share, all that kind of good stuff. Remember, take your online offline and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Take care, everybody. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon, jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pausecast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com. <laughs>